Hey everyone, welcome back to Drink It In for season nine. I'm Jordana Baraha from Drink It In underscore Jordana. In this season, we get to chat with other podcasters. We talk all about podcasting, sharing experiences, and comparing our fun times over the mic. Come see how our podcasters do when they're put on the spot. This is a fun one. Hi, everyone. This is Jordana Baracha from Drink It In underscore Jordana. We are in season nine already. I cannot believe it. This season is all about the podcasters. And I wanted to get some of my favorite hosts on this season. And today I have Rabbi David Bashevkin. Oh my gosh, from 1840. So first of all, I didn't tell him this in advance because we schmoozed a little bit before we started, but he took us all the way from New Jersey to Cleveland. Um, I have a son that learns in Shiva Chavetz Chaim of Cleveland, and we were going for Sukkis to visit. And I was like, okay, guys, enough with the music. What should we do? I'm like, let's listen to 1840. And that's what we started doing. We started from the very beginning, why it was pulled 1840 and so on and so forth. And the kids in my car pretty much enjoyed it, I must say. I really appreciate that. And I really appreciate that your son is in Chavetz Chaim, my grandfather, Take the picture down. My grandfather was the first graduating class of Yeshiva's Chavetz Chaim. Oh yeah, what was his? Le- was it your on your father's? Bakritsky. Bakritsky. This is the Yeshiva was started by Reb David Leibovitz. That's uh-huh. this person. This is Reb Scheinberg, and this is my grandfather. Ah, uh, because I have like roots. Also, I um, there's a Rabbi Moshe Kamen, who's very big in Chavetz Chaim. That's my cousin. Okay, they, for sure. If they if they're big in Chavetz Chaim, they know. Bakritsky, and in that first graduating class, what's interesting, which is not at all to do with why I'm speaking with you today on the <laughs> podcast episode, but I'll I'll share family history anyways. There are two people. It was the first graduating class was I think five people, and my grandfather and somebody else in the picture have uh, great grandchildren who are married to each other. Wow. My niece married wow. uh, somebody else in the picture, which was always uh, quite special. Oh, that's so nice. So, so now that we got a little bit of a, a Chavetz Chaim connection here, yes. geography, let's get started with, why don't you just introduce yourself in general, tell everybody, what do you do? I know every, obviously you're on here because you have this podcast, but there's so much more that to you as well. So give a little oh bit. My gosh. <laughs> my gosh. I, I don't know. I, I, here it goes. I, Go for it. <laughs> I, uh, my name is David Bushevkin. Uh, sometimes David is tricky to pronounce. People call me David. So I also introduce myself as David. Uh, but if David works for you, you can call me David. And I am uh, I'm a husband and a father. Uh, but in the public professional setting, I am an educator. And I am the director of education for NCSY. I'm a professor of Jewish values at Yeshiva University. And I do Dafyomi programming, Talmud programming, with Tablet Magazine. Uh, they're Take One podcast, and I write essays at the end of each Masechta. And in the podcasting world, I am the founder of 1840, 18FORTY, uh, which uh, began two years ago. Okay, so I know that you're also an author, and I know that you- Oh my gosh, and I'm an author. I left out <laughs> so much good stuff. Got to push product. My goodness, thank you for reminding me. Uh, yeah, and I've written uh, a few books, um, Synagogue, Sin and Failure in Jewish Thought, and I have a book called Top Five, Lists of Jewish Characters and Character, which is a collection of my humor columns in Mishpacha Magazine. 
Right. You know, it's so funny, this top five, you know, I, when I first started teaching at uh, Yavna Academy, going back 28 years ago, um, I had I had this teacher that I always looked up to from my days in Yeshiva Flatbush. And he had something called Pitgam Hayom or Pitgam Shavua, you know, the the phrase for the phrase week. of the day. Right. So mm-hmm. I decided that when I, I teach in the middle school that I was going to do something called Musag Hayom which is the term of the day. And it really just started the conversation because I felt like there were certain terms that Jewish children should leave eighth grade knowing. Like what? Give me an example. I'll give you, oh, I can give Shabbat Shuvah. Shabbat Shuvah. Shabbat oh, that's great. Shabbat Shuvah. You know, if you call, yeah. talking about the beginning of the year, uh, Loadu Rosh. Um, Loadu Rosh. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's a, that's an in-depth concept. My goodness. Well, I think they should know it. Um, Lo Adu Rosh. I think people are like still traumatized from getting their cal- <laughs> Jewish calendar explanation. Uh, but yes, that's a great example. Yeah. Okay. but so, so there you got it. So those, so these are little different tidbits. I would usually go according to the Jewish calendar. And then there, when there was nothing going on, like in Cheshvan, you know, then we would just do like Jewish concepts, like mitzvah, asesh, alazman, grama, you know, something like that. I love that. So, but now I don't do it anymore because I don't do sixth grade anymore. Now I'm just an eighth grade uh, solo act. But, um, but yeah, so that's like, I like that idea of always doing the facts, you know, certain top five, top, something that when things are in bites, it's so much easier to. Yeah. I mean, just to, so the listeners can be aware, my, my top five book is mostly Narishkeit. It's not <laughs> Loa du Roche okay. or any Jewish calendaric or, you know, major sources of knowledge it is not a primer on judaism right. do not mistake my book for that uh, okay but i think i think clear. i think that's what makes you so interesting because i think if anybody who listens to your podcast i think it's quite obvious if i might say so that you are an intellect so you know oh, yes okay you don't think so i always bristle when people say that i'm intellectual right. I, I happen to i think i am much more emotional than I am intellectual, but sure, okay. I, I, I don't, I don't have a problem with it. No, okay, sure. so I'm saying, so the way you come across when you start on your, the podcast, on the podcast, that's what I yes. said, on the podcast, that's how you come across as someone that uh, delves into the intellect, and you're very um, moved by it. So it's nice. Yes. So it's I nice moved by the intellect. That, that, yes. that I like. Are you like it that? all comes back to. Uh, to emotion, but I'm, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm emotional in a different way, but I'm, I'm yes. yeah, I agree. <laughs> okay. So, so it's nice that you have that other flavor to you, you know, that you could see that on Twitter a little bit, right? I right? think so. Yeah, I think so. So I think, uh, so it's nice that you get a, this whole big picture of you, but we're going to focus on the podcast. But I want to push back. I don't think, okay. I think you get that other flavor on the podcast. I think okay. we have podcasts that are deeply emotional. Yes, we're topic driven. So it it depends on the topic. Like there are some topics that are, we get criticized all the time by the real intellectuals. You're you're too emotional. Oh, all the time. We get, we get more criticism than any podcast in the world. So that's, that's a big compliment though, isn't it? I love it. I love our criticism. I'm I'm pleased that they're listening. That's right. We're not offending people. It means we're 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 reaching people who disagree with some things we say. That's wonderful. But I love that when you said that you do by topics. Because it happens to me, my podcast is also by topics. So every season is a different topic. Whereas what topics have you done in the past? Okay, so I've done. I first started. No, no, no. My first, uh, my first season was called Social Media. Where's the line? And I interviewed different. 
Yes, I interviewed different women. I first I used to only do women in the beginning because I was really scared to do men. But in the beginning, I only did women and I did different women who were pretty big on social media. And I asked them different questions of how they handle their private life and what they're willing mm. to put out out on social That's media. That's a big question. And okay. it was it was very interesting. That is interesting. It was, and I'll tell you little thing. It was interesting because even the people who I interviewed have changed their process or what they put wow. out since I've interviewed them. Okay. So that's that a great was, topic. That was very interesting. Well, I was just getting started with social media. So I, that's what was something I was going to say, because for me, I pick the topics based on what it, um, is connected to my life. Mm-hmm. So I know you are recently doing the book one, and I know that's very, that's something that resonates with you very strongly. I love reading. Yeah. Right. So that makes sense. And I was like, oh, I got to interview him because of that. Because I also, I picked these topics. So my second topic was Rise to the Challenge, Ooh. where I interviewed different people that had different different challenges in their life and how they handled those challenges from all different types. We had addicts. I had someone who lost a parent at a young age, somebody who died, was clinically dead and came back. Whoa. Yeah. So that was really interesting. Um, let's see. I had. Um, You're incredible. My goodness. Yeah. How then, I had you on. Yeah. You can. <laughs> then, then I had um, single moms because I'm a single mom. So I wanted to interview other single moms and Ooh, see. I love that. Um, the, you know, their take. And I thought that was really important because I think one of my favorite questions I asked those single moms was what was their biggest fear before they got divorced and then Mm. once they were divorced was that fear warranted wow what a great question you're amazing you're such a superstar it's crazy (laughs) then then i think the next and then another one i did oh it was called behind the drink that's my children my children interviewed me to get a little insight each child's perspective behind why the drink okay Okay, so I assume it was like I'm so glad glad I'm interviewing you, but I'll say why it's called Drink It In. Okay, so you'll like this. Okay, so I started social media in 2019 and had just come back from a trip called Momentum. Have you heard Momentum? Oh, for sure. Okay, so I was um uh whatever they call that, a city leader. And I'd gone with Dina Levy. Do you know Dina Levy? Rings a bell. Okay, she's Rabbi Avi Weiss's daughter. They live in Teaneck. Okay. And, okay. So Dina, I, so I joined this volunteer group called Jewish Journeys from there in Bergen County. And she said to me, I also told her kids, she says, Jordana, you must give a video, uh, inspirational video to our participants to just remind them of what's going on, you know, and weekly reminders. And so I started doing that connected to the Torah portion. And I found myself saying, drink in this message, drink in this message. And then as time went on, I realized that Chazal talks about the fish when they're in the sea and Mm. they're surrounded by all this water. And they say that even when they're surrounded by all this water and it begins to rain, the fish come to the surface to drink in the rainwater, even though they're surrounded by water. Mm. So I started my brand called Drink It In, that no matter how much inspiration we have, we should always be thirsty for more. Oh my gosh, that just inspired me. That is beautiful. That's beautiful oh, imagery. Thank you. Thank you. So that's my that's my brand. So anyway, so then I was making these videos and my daughter said to me, my oldest daughter, Ima, social media. I go, social media, what? I don't have social media. She goes, you're already making the videos. Let's go. And I'm like, okay. So she, we opened up Facebook. We opened up Instagram and I started posting. And then 
I, you know, after some time I got a business coach and then the business coach was like, you got to do a podcast. And I'm like, I can't, I'm so scared, you know? And she's like, no, you're going to do it. And now I'm on season nine. So, wow. What a story. <laughs> That's really yeah. incredible. Yeah. So thank God. It's a thank privilege God. to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And then I guess another was life coaches and, uh, and therapists. And that was like really exciting for me because, and we'll talk about that with you soon, who was exciting for you to interview because Rabbi Manis Friedman contacted me and he wanted to be on my podcast. Ooh. And that's when I first interviewed a man. <laughs> I was like, wow. okay, if I, if I could do Manis Friedman, Rabbi Manis Friedman, I could do this. And then I did Jewish entertainers because I, I, I'm, well, I'm a big entertainer by naturally. That's my personality. So I thought, okay. Ooh. So I interviewed entertainers and then I did, um, the miracle season, which was season. Oh, I did the bonus round because there are people that was so exciting that contacted me that said, Oh, we want to be on that season. You I always want... need a bonus round. Right. I said, the season's over. I said, the season's over. So I said, you know what? I'll do the bonus round. And I did all, all the different seasons mixed together. And then this season that's being aired right now is called the miracle season where I'm interviewing different people that have whatever they consider a miracle in their life, you know, it doesn't have wow. to be something huge. It just could be something that they want to share that on a daily basis, that is miraculous to them. And, and now season nine is the podcasters. So uh, that's, wow. That's okay. Okay. Now you got it. You got, you got me now. So now let, let, let's do with you now. So here we go. Uh, when did you start like podcasting? Like why, why did you start it? What made you start it? Um, I started in May of 2020 during mm -hmm. the, you know, Corona was pretty full blown, but it really started beforehand. A, a parent called me and, uh, was having, you know, issues with his own, uh, family life with his own children. And basically, you know, he said, you know, you could send a child to yeshiva for 12 years and then they leave and it could all disappear in an instant when they go on to college. And what we want is a curriculum to send into high schools to help kids deal with these major issues related to Jewish life. And I didn't think that was a good idea. I don't think that's what the schools really focus on that much anymore. And I don't think most high school kids have the they could sit around and listen to that stuff. So instead I said, why don't we build a community for post-institutional Jews, people who are graduates of yeshivas and seminaries and high schools and all, that, all these places uh, to talk about some of the most significant ideas that relate to their Jewish life and Jewish identity. And we were supposed to begin in January of 2020. I'm always a nervous mess. I couldn't get my act together. I was too nervous. Um, you know, I, I wasn't nervous. It wasn't gendered nervousness. I wasn't nervous about interviewing men or women, uh, but it was just, it, it's hard starting something new. It's hard um, building a community and the fear of failure and all those things. Uh, and we began quite slowly. We didn't have all too many listeners, but thank God over the last two years, we've built up a fairly substantial community and audience. Yeah. I, I don't like the term audience. I really think it's a community. Mm. Of people who are, you know, thinking about serious issues about life and identity and commitment. And, and that's what we've created. Wow. I, I, I like that a lot. I like how you said you are developing a community and not an audience. I like that, that way of looking at it. That's really special. I'm going to use that. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, when you go back now to how many people do you think you've interviewed so far? 
think I think around a hundred probably. Wow, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Do you, do you think when you look back, is there any one specific person or interview that you found the most interesting or the most intriguing, and why? A hard time pulling out. I, I I know which episodes are or you know the people our listeners um connect with the most. I think an episode that really moved me. I mean, when I interviewed Racheli Frankel, it, it you know, and talking mm-hmm. about loss and her faith in God, uh, really moved me to my core. Um, I like interviewing people who are not well known. Those are the ones that are the most satisfying. When you build community that's not celebrity driven, mm-hmm. when you interview somebody, we've had anonymous interviews before. We've interviewed, oh. we've had several anonymous interviews. So you interview somebody anonymously, you know it's they're they're not tuning in because it's Yaakov Shweki, as 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 wonderful as he is, right. they're tuning in because of this is a real story that resonates with their life. Uh, some lesser known scholars, Ora Wiskind is a is a generational scholar who, who has her own personal story and journey that uh, was a privilege to bring to a wider audience. Um, they're, they're not famous. I mean, we, we don't really interview that many celebrities, uh, either in like fake Jewish celebrities or, or actual celebrities. I wish we did more. We'd probably be more popular. No, Maybe I think we got, you... We got to get Mordechai Ben David on there or something. <laughs> now, when you say you did an anonymous, so when you do your podcast, yes, it's only audio? We only release the audio. We don't release the video. Right. We, I'd like to start losing video. The problem is a lot of what we talk about is extraordinarily sensitive. And we, not always, but a lot of what we do. And people invite us into their lives. And we have to give them the flexibility to edit and to bring together. Sometimes we're bringing together families who, who aren't together. Um, I, 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 I'm very sensitive to media and... I lean in. This is an audio medium, so people can feel that they're a part of an immersive audio experience. We also try to build our YouTube channel, which we just started, and I'd like to maybe do some live interviews or, or videoed interviews, but I won't do it at the expense of people being able to tell their story. Right. I hear that. I hear that. Very nice. Very special. So when you prepare for a podcast, right? Do you have like a generic set of questions that you're asking the person or do you like, like certain podcast people always end with a certain question, you know, like if I know meaningful minute or they used to, I don't know. If they what's your favorite mitzvah? I oh, was they, do, oh yeah. they do. What's your favorite? I thought it was like, if you could go back in time, who would you want to meet? Or, yeah. Who would you want to meet? Yeah. yeah. So I, mean, I was, I, I always said, you know, I might be doing one for my school, but I, now it's in a different way of, turning around, but I thought like, oh, if you could compare yourself to a certain fruit or whatever, or, or I was once on a podcast. So it said, if you, you know, what's the latest Netflix show that you just watched or whatever it is, do you have like a a go-to types of set of questions or for every single person, it's, you really something set up differently? Well, we're topic driven. So I I do a lot of research, you know, I'll, I'll read books that they've written. I, I do immersive research because I am inviting people onto the show for a very particular purpose. I I want to get to the root of a particular question, whether it relates to um, people's halacha commitments, whether it relates to Talmud, whether it relates to family structure, psychology, 
there's a reason why they're being invited. It's not because they're famous. It's not because they have a big social media following. It's not so they can retweet me or share, you know, on Insta stories later. There's a purpose. There's a reason why they have a story. So I, I prepare very tailored questions. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not reading off a sheet of paper, but I, I have a direction that I want the interview to go. There's something I want to extract from people's stories and build a bridge to a wider uh, community. Uh, I do close nearly all interviews, unless it was a very emotional, intense interview. Um, I do close interviews with the same three questions. I ask people... Um, Number one for book recommendations, we're, we're, we're very into reading. We're very into promoting reading. I think a lot of contemporary podcast culture is like, um, it's not in conversation with other mediums, meaning it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's trying to like replace, like I want people to read more. I want people to, to find a scholar or an idea or an article and like read it, immerse yourself in a subject and get deeper knowledge in something. It's not just to, to read and be entertained with for 40 minutes that we try to be entertaining. So I always ask for more book recommendations. I ask them if somebody gave you a great deal of money to go back to school and get a PhD or write a book, what do you think the subject and title of that dissertation or book would be? Um, and that's to find out what their interests are, to find mm-hmm. out what there's a reason why I invited you on. What are the subjects that you have not been able to study that still interest you? And my last question um, is always asking what time you go to sleep at night and what time you wake up in the morning because I'm interested in in sleep schedules. I think you get a a rhythm for people's inner lives Uh when you ask them about their sleep schedules. Not everybody gives me an answer. Some people are like, oh, that's too private. I can't answer. You know, I'm like, okay. So those okay. are the three questions I, uh, I I close each interview with. Okay, so maybe we'll close with those questions for you. <laughs> sure. Okay, but before we get to that, um, what, like, from old interviews that you gave, I know you just mentioned Mrs. Frankel, but besides that one, is there something that you, like, you came away after that interview and you're like, oh, I just learned so much, and what was it that you learned? I think I learned a lot from our interview with uh, with Malka Simkovich. She's mm-hmm. a scholar in Chicago. And I learned about a religious identity that is anchored first and foremost in the uh, chosenness of the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. That the center, the oldest claim of Judaism uh, that goes all the way back and is the most consistent is Jewish peoplehood is the fact that we are a uh, a specific people. And uh, that it doesn't sound radical, but it is a radical idea. And uh, when she said it, and the way that she said it, of anchoring the particularism of Judaism as its primary contribution to what Yiddishkeit is, I think is an absolutely eye-opening idea. Mm. Um, and I found it uh, quite, quite powerful. Oh, see, see, I love interviewing people. I don't know how you feel about it, but I find it um, therapeutic in general. I think you're very geschmack. You're a different person than I usually uh, have on the podcast. So I'm really enjoying it. It feels different that it's it's very, um, there's a warmth and there's a, um, 
I feel like this this interview to me feels like Twitter meeting Instagram. Okay, and there you different go. Personalities, and it's it's really uh, I'm getting a kick out of it. I really okay, enjoy good. it. Good, I'm glad. I know. Thank you, thank you. I, I I really appreciate the comment. People do find me that way. I mean, not the combination of Instagram and Twitter, but I'm just saying people do find I have a sense of warmth and uh, approachability and sure. and um, and I thank God, Baruch Hashem, it's God. You're amazing. You're amazing. God, God given. So thank I'm God. I'm drinking it in. You're drinking it in. But, um, you know, also you do a solo, like I'm solo, you're solo. And so other people, when they do podcasts, did you think about doing it with somebody else? Or you said, no, that was something you just wanted to do. No, I'm just curious. I'm just, no, I'm no, 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 no. I, I, podcasts are great with somebody else when they have a very different purpose when you're trying to create banter and trying to jump in you're interviewing you know um some of the very popular what i would call more personality driven podcasts you know do co-hosts right. and it's good because it creates a banter and they ask about stories and this person's life I'm trying to do something almost more intimate. I'm trying to create a, a, a certain sense of intimacy that I don't, it's not a co-pilot situation where like, Oh, like, Oh, you grew up in Bensonhurst. Like, so did I, like, let's, <laughs> let's try to find a connection. I, 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 I'm trying to, it's almost like uh, the difference between like um, maybe like a surgery versus like a very specialized surgery mm -hmm. versus you know, like a, like a, a I don't know, like a, a, a Shabbos meal, like a Shabbos meal. You want more people who connect in different ways, your co-hosts and, and other people. I'm trying to extract something very delicate that doesn't always work. Uh, there's a lot at stake. Well, you know, what's at stake is, you know, A, the sensitivity of the people who I'm speaking with and what I'm speaking about. And also the meaning that I'm trying to construct for our community. Like that's a, that's something that's real at stake. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like if somebody, it, what happens if I mess up, you know, it, it's not, it's not the same as like, oh man, I forgot to ask. I don't know. I keep on going to Jakob Schwecki. I feel bad. <laughs> I love him. And I love to have him on. Don't get me wrong. It's like, oh man, I forgot to ask Jakob Schwecki what his favorite album is. Like, oh shoot. Like, rats like you should have gotten that co-host it's i wasn't able to and i've gone back we've recorded interviews over multiple time periods it's not a bad shabbos meal it's a bad it's a surgery gone wrong uh, those are two two very different things at stake you can have a shabbos meal that i don't know how was the meal today oh it was okay uh, we didn't really know each other not so much commonality okay did they have fun they had food it was good we're still alive to tell the tale a surgery that goes wrong, you know, there, there's real something at stake. And, and I approach my interviews maybe with that same level of sensitivity and seriousness. Mm. So interesting that you said that you had meant, uh, just, I listening very carefully to you. You had said that when you've done an interview, you've gone back and done different portions of the interview. Absolutely. For sure. Wow. You know, I, cause I really wanted to do that. I interviewed somebody of uh, recent and I, and after I finished the interview, it really happened to two people, I should say, I interviewed, but more recently I interviewed someone and I'm like, I didn't ask the question I really wanted to ask. Cause like you said, when you're having a one-on-one, -on -one, and I think that's what I was fearful originally of doing men for the podcast, cause it is one-on-one, -on -one. you know, even though when people are listening, everybody else, the, 
not the audience, my community is listening to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's fine. But then sitting here, even though there are people in my house walking around and everything, but still, it, like you said, there's a certain sense of intimacy a little bit. You're having this private conversation, so to speak. So I, I got criticism for that when we first started, which I thought yeah. was a little much. When I first started, everybody was taking shots at me. I was trying to, somebody else tried to cancel me every other week. And one of the things that, one of the many things, the smaller claims is, who says he should be interviewing women one-on-one? Right. Did he ask a Shiloh? You know, the, the, the ah. great stopper, that question stops all movement in the Jewish community. Right. Did, did you ask a Shiloh? So, Who'd you ask? Yeah. Where's your Haskama? Yeah, but but we, uh, there is something we're trying to create and trying to do, and there's something at stake. Right. You know, it's not, it, you know, I, I don't want to be over... Um, I don't want to be self-aggrandizing. I'm not a surgeon, you know, I, I, I'm not, but, but there, there's something we're trying to do and accomplish. And I take the expertise and experiences of our guests extraordinarily seriously. So I really try to get in there and extract what we're looking for. I'm not always successful, but we always try. So I think you're giving me the guts to to email that other person back and just get that one more question. Yeah, do it. Yeah, do it, I'm going to do it. Yes, after we're done, I'm going to do it. Okay. <laughs> you know, when I listened to, you know, preparing for this, one of the things I listened to is when you were interviewed by Meaningful Minute, and I was super excited, you should know, when you started off on that interview. You, you prepared for me by listening to me on another podcast? Yes, I do that all listen, the time. Listen, oh, but you listen to 1840 also? Yes, I listen to 1840 also. Uh, okay. yeah, I've been, okay, I think I've been listening to 1840 for a while. I told you my drive. Okay, okay. As long as you yes. and say both. Yes. Okay. <laughs> No, but <laughs> that's how I know how you start off. You talk and then you yeah, get yeah, the yeah. interview. Yeah, yeah. I got it down pat. Um, <laughs> but um, no, I loved when you had said to them, I've been sending you one minute videos for like five years. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, yes, I've been doing that too. Okay. <laughs> and I'm like trying to get them and I'm like, hey, uh, more women you want to show more women maybe like I'm trying to get I'm trying to get every angle in there you know I was I, I'll be honest I was teasing them I oh. you know this is when oh, and Jacob oh, were. thanks a lot I thought you were being real okay I was teasing them because I am so not suitable for the one minute inspiration uh, oh thanks I didn't know you were kidding and I was so relieved thanks I was, I was, that I, no 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 I was joking no, no no I was joking about the joke I was dead serious I'm out setting them in one minute, uh, one minute, one minute interviews over and over again. Oh, okay. no, because I do one. My my whole thing is my drink it in one minute videos that I have, and I'm always like, you create a massive audience around it. It's unbelievable. Yeah, on Instagram, unreal yeah. for real. Thank you, I appreciate it. Okay, so now when you t- get ready for your podcast, you know, do you think about how long you want the podcast to be, or are you just like, let's fly by the seat of your pants type of thing? I'm very mindful of people's time, but I am not time constrained. We, you know, I, I kind of model it in the secular world. That's a more like a Joe Rogan. He'll sit for three hours if he has to. I, mm-hmm. I, I'll sit as long as it takes to get it, to get what, mm-hmm. to, to get to where I, I want to be. On average, I, I tell guests that we try to record between 45 minutes and an hour. It's rarely less. Um, it's, it's often more. Um but but I am not I'm not thinking oh you know I need an hour I'm not try- I'm not producing an hour entertainment show 
Right. Because A, I do intros and outros that add the length. We could have an episode easily an hour and a half, easy, um, all the time. And so we're not as time constrained because we're trying to do something different. It's not it's not Larry King Live, you know, <laughs> like an hour, an hour interview show or whatever it is. Okay, I was just curious, you know, because uh, you know, I have I have someone that manages my podcast. Do you have someone that manages your stuff or you do it all yourself? No, I have I, I I have people who work on work it. On it. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, for me What do they do? What does your manager do? They they he edit ed- it. He edits upload- it like yeah, like so some he uploads it, he edits it. Like uh so sometimes uh there are people that will, you know, email me or call me the next day, you know, Jordan, I said X, Y, and Z, and I really don't want that to be aired. I thought about our conversation. And so then I'll tell him his name's Maverick. He's really cool. And I, and I, yeah. Cool name. Yeah. But he, but he goes by his English name. He's a very, very sweet boy from Cleveland. And um, so he, he, and then I'll tell him, you know, we have to take out this part of the conversation because the person had requested that that gets removed. And then, and then he goes and makes sure he cleans up the audio for me. And then he uh, posts it on anywhere you can find podcasts. And we, we talk about which episodes, because I record all this, like I record everything at one shot. You know, I, I'm mm. like right now I'm doing season nine, but only eight is out. So this way we go over the season that's coming up. We we review what happened in the previous season, what went right, what went wrong, let's say. And then we then look at the upcoming season and decide which episode should go when, you know, so. so I on. love that. I love yeah, that. That's we try great. To, okay. We try to keep a little organized that way. But um podcast do you listen to i listen to a podcast called masters in business by barry ritholtz which is a more in-depth um business podcast not like the feel good i don't know gary vaynerchuk tony robbins type of business which is like grab the bull by the horns you could do it It, it's talking to experts in the field about Mm -hmm how finance and economics work. Uh, I really, really enjoy that podcast. I listen to Conan uh, where he interviews primarily comedians. I I find Conan O'Brien to be one of the most thoughtful people uh, that I know. Uh, Which other podcasts do I listen to consistently? Those are the big two. Conan. Mm. I sometimes listen to Svarm Chatter. Nahi Weinstein um, has some series that are absolutely fascinating and wonderful on Svarm. And I sometimes listen to David Katz, um, who, but, but my head when I'm in the car is always in Dafyomi because I, I, I do the take one podcast with tablet. So I'm always thinking and always listening to Shiurim on whatever Masechta the Dafyomi is mm-hmm. doing. Right. That's really where like my free brain space is going. You know, it's funny talking about free brain space. I'm just going to toot the horn for my brother right now my one of my older brothers he happens to be a dentist but he also gives uh two shirim one in the morning one at night wow let's plug him what's his name uh dr joshua stern holy smokes that's impressive yeah so it's very funny so a very funny story one time so i don't know something i'm not i don't know if i'm repeating it correctly but my sister-in-law was walking or some she was walking with somebody i don't came out and something like oh my husband was his learn or something. So I came out like, oh, why don't you like two women were talking? Oh, why don't you learn as much as uh like Josh Stern or something? Mm-hmm. And uh so the one says, Well, you know, I don't have as much time. What do you mean you don't have as much time? He's a dentist. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, because you could always find my brother. And that's what's really special, I think, about my brother. You could always wow. find him when you go to his office. And he, you know, he has like a five rooms. He, you know, injects you and you have to wait a little bit until you get numb. So he goes into his office and he learns for 10, 15 minutes. Wow. And then he comes out and then he does some work and then he goes. What a superstar. Yeah, he is. He really is a superstar. So he's, I think he's already made two CMs on teaching Dafiomi. Holy so, smokes. Yeah, yeah. So it's oh really, my gosh. It's really, really nice. It's a great podcast to come on to if you want to feel woefully inadequate <laughs> in how you use your life and time. I'm drinking in my inadequacy right now. It's wonderful. No, no, but it's just something it's nice, something to aspire to. But I think it's really special. You know, because when they talk about and I'm going totally off topic here, but Go when they talk topic. about okay, when Explore you the space. Okay. When you talk about uh people who are dating and they're like, oh, I want to marry a Bentora or I want to marry someone who's sitting and learning. People don't understand someone who's sitting and learning should be a Bentora, but it doesn't necessarily mean that way. So that they are like, if you could have someone sitting and learning and then when they come home, all they talk about is nourishment and nonsense. Or you could have somebody who's not sitting learning. So let's say like example, my brother, exhibit A, right? Who, when they come home, their whole life is Torah. And that that's, you know, that's, being called being married to a Ben Torah, somebody who is infused in Torah. So I think I like the third category. The category, the category? yes. Even their Narishkite is Torah. I'm oh, there you go. I like even that. Narishkite is Torah. I do that. I, when I meant Narishkite wasn't Torah, obviously, but yes, even. But it's not if it's if it's Torah and it's Narishkite, it's it's not Narishkite to me. So there you go. How <laughs> do you like that? I love it. It's definitely not Narishkite if it's Torah. Anything Torah is definitely really soulful and, and meaningful. Mm. <laughs> so now uh, let's do one of your questions that you always end with. Uh, so even though you wrote a book already or books, if you were going to write a book about your life, what would you call it? What would be the title? A, a memoir about my own life. Oh yeah. Of your short so far. <laughs> I think it would be Again, I, I haven't thought about this and I'm going to probably regret the answer. I think it would be, I try so hard. Um, a, a, a memoir of trying and sometimes succeeding. I think that for myself, uh, uh, what gets prized in society so often is not trying hard. Mm -hmm. I woke up like this is, is natural and easy. Uh, socially, it is considered... A faux pas and unacceptable it's like oh they try so hard they're trying so hard and I remember I was one time having a conversation with my with my now wife but she was dating at the time and it was one of the moments where I realized I wanted to marry her where uh, there, she was having some issue with friends or family or something and she screamed at she didn't scream out she she lamented loudly she says I try so hard and that always stuck with me because i try very hard i'm trying very hard to do something um which makes failure more difficult which makes your successes more nourishing and more powerful but i don't um i don't sit on a pedestal and say oh i did this without trying i, I don't care for such people uh, my memoir is i try so hard i i, I try a lot i'm trying to do something good and trying to bring nachas to myself and my family and to, to God. And uh, I think my life story is I try so hard. 
That's very beautiful. Okay, I'm crying now. <laughs> okay. Ooh. Okay. That was very, very beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. That was very heartfelt. My pleasure. That's real. Yeah, it's real. Mine would mine would be picking up the pieces. Picking up the pieces. Okay. And I even have the cover already made. Uh-oh. I was about to is it puzzle pieces? <laughs> it would be with the puzzle pieces. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do the literal book cover. Okay. Don't do the literal book cover. It's a common mistake in Jewish books. Okay. Well, I'm not right. Never do the cover. literal book cover. <laughs> I love this. I love the title. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But that is not going to be written for some time. So we got to wait for that one. Even though I probably could write it and then just not put it out. That's, <laughs> that's what people say I should do. But uh, okay. So now what would be your best advice uh, to give to someone who maybe wants to start their, start their own podcast? What would you give to them as advice? Mardahai Alma, Rabona Shalom, do not start your own podcast. <laughs> My best advice would be why on earth do you want to start a podcast? Who, who? What what is your goal? What is your purpose? I think it, it is a disease of our generation where we think that our sense of self is tied into the audience that we are able to create, the platform that we're able to have. And obviously it's easy for me to say because I have a platform on social media and I have a podcast, but I would caution very strongly that you are not giving in to that very superficial construction of self of saying, oh, I need a podcast because I have a story and, and people should hear me. Who says, who says we need more podcast? I mean, if you have a wonderful purpose and something important to say, then of course you should do it. You should say it, but, but this isn't a hobby. It's not, don't do it in your spare time and start calling up the same fake Jewish celebrities that every other podcast is doing and don't waste don't waste your time and don't waste other people's time just because we live in a society where having a platform and a voice is the one metric for what it means to have a sense of self mm. develop a sense of self know why you're doing it and my number one caution would be if it, it should be a very very real reason that cannot be fulfilled with anybody but you um and obviously there are people who have those reasons and that could be very important. But my first advice would be uh, clarify why you're doing it and make sure it's not because you think you'd be, you're more important or you're deserving or you need to have this fancy schmancy online platform. Maybe, I don't know, start a podcast and, and, and talk to your kids, talk to your family members, talk to your parents, ha have relationships with the people most close to you. Uh, and don't waste your time uh, talking to a synthetic audience because it, it gives you some measure of sense of dignity uh, in the eyes of the public. Mm. Well, a said. little strong advice, but no. I am no. I am not into people starting their own podcast. I don't think it's a good idea. I, I love it. Thank you for your honesty, yeah. and 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 it, it's very important. And I say that with love. No, correct. No, excluded, of course. No, no, but no, really. Anybody who starts anything should really clarify why they're doing what they're doing. Not and, not anything. Like if somebody, no, I don't agree with that either. Why? Somebody tells me I want to take up woodworking. I don't have a problem with that. Take up take up woodworking. You don't have to clarify why. I think podcasting. I, I'm just very suspicious of people who are like, I I need to be in that space. Everybody else is there. I'll start my own WhatsApp group. It's like, don't give in to the way society forces us to construct our sense of self, that you're less whole. 
It's the same. It's like, to me, it's the same disease as somebody who told me I want to make a lot of money. I said, why? My first thing would be to clarify, why do you want to make a lot of money? Because you feel more like a person. You'll feel more important. It's the same disease. It's like, okay, I don't want to make a lot of money, but I want to have a big following. Why? Why? Why, why can't? There was a time where we could be people and wholesome people and not have this there's not, you know, like I'm again, you could turn these questions on myself and I'm prepared to answer them. But but I really, really believe this, that the disease, dare I say, the idolatry in our generation is this like having a platform like loyal day. Not everybody needs a platform. Not everybody, everybody needs this and it takes a toll on you. So so don't do it. Don't. Well, I don't, I don't, well, I don't need to turn the question on you because when you first started off, you explained what the purpose of your podcast? Yeah, correct. correct, correct so correct, correct. there's no reason for me to turn and ask, as you explain. But I think I think what you're mentioning is very much a, a a disease in general that comes along with maybe I don't know what it, I'm saying it comes along with social media, where people get their fix, their fix, their or, sense of self, what's that sense of self-esteem, of sense? right? I fall prey to this all the time. I really do. I'm not perfect. I, I'm aware of it, but I am social media, you know, and, you know, on a day, you know, I go through a stretch. I didn't have any, you know, cute quips on Twitter that anybody liked. Do I notice? Does it, does it, does it impinge? Does it erode my sense of identity? I'd be lying if I said no. I think it does. It's terrible. Right. It shouldn't be there. You should, you, this shouldn't be at the center of who you are. That doesn't mean you can't take it seriously. And, and this is a, you know, when people, they, they want to do well in their professional life. So everybody doesn't mean don't take it seriously. It means the exact opposite. You have to take it seriously. And because you have to take it seriously, if you're not doing it because of your job or because you have something very specific, then don't do it. Right. Right. Don't do it as a joke. I know people start podcasts as a joke or as a whim or, don't, don't, don't go in. That's like taking like a leisurely swim in a ocean that has like, you know, sharks in it. Like you can, why would you find a pool, find someplace nicer to swim? There are real sharks in these waters that can absolutely mutilate your sense of self. It's, you have to be very careful. Right. You know, it's so interesting you talk about mutilating sense of self. Um, and this, you know, will come to an end almost. I do a certain exercise every morning. Uh, when I'm davening, right before I start Shimon Esrei, I I got this from my therapist. I put my hand out to the side, and uh, it says, "If someone is putting me as a baby into my hand, when she did it, she actually put a doll in my hand, so it was like very, very real." And she didn't tell me to do this uh, for my davening, but I transitioned it for my davening. So I have a fake baby, which is me in my hand. I take the baby. And I put it on my heart and I begin Shvona Esrei. And I say, I got you. I love you. And that's what's important. And so that uh, that grounds me for the day with my own self-love and my own self-worth. That's and, pretty moving. That's pretty you know, heavy. It is. It, I you, think it, about that a lot. I think about, you know, I get very choked up when I look at pictures of myself as a child. Right. You know, like it, it takes you to all of those alternative timelines of what could have been and what could have been achieved and making peace with those questions that I think whisper in everybody's ears is a part of life. And I think if at the center of your life is not that, you know, compassion and patience with your own 
sense of self with the people who love you most. And again, taking, you know, that imagery of taking uh, literally an infant and bringing them close and loving them again. Um, that's, 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 that's heavy. That's very real. That, yeah. that should be at the center of your life. Do that before starting a podcast. Right. I do that every morning before I start my day. So there we go. But if anyone wants to contact you, what would be the best way they should reach out to you? I know you're all over the place, but what is the ideal best way? The worst way is WhatsApp. I lose what my WhatsApp is a jungle of unread uh, messages. I, I It's very hard. They don't let you filter them into unread. Probably, you know, the 1840 emails come to me, info okay. at 1840.org. Okay. Um, 1840 is spelled 18FORTY.org. I'm on Twitter. You can at me on Twitter. Um, my, my Twitter handle is uh, DBash Ideas. Um, you could do that. I don't know. Don't show WhatsApp is hard and just don't don't show up to my house. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> so those two are great. I want to thank you so much for taking oh the time. Oh my gosh. You know, this is really special. Thank you. I appreciate it. I hope that we uh have a time to to connect in person. I think the work that you're doing is very special. You clearly have a very uh soulful way to yourself that I find mm. very moving and uh very special. It's uplifting. It's uplifting oh. to be in conversation with you. So thank oh, you so thank much you. for inviting me. And, and uh, let me know when this season nine drops. I learned so much. I feel like I learned more about you on this last uh, conversation that you learned about me, but this was wonderful. Well, you went into your interviewer mode. So there you went. Thank you so much. And we will be in touch. Have a great yeah. day. You too. Ever think about starting your own podcast? The Maverick Podcasting Network makes creating and running your podcast easy and fun. Visit maverickpodcasting.com to get started today.